you know, there's all kinds of scenes that I respond to in movies. I respond to music sequences. Uh, I respond to big comedy sequences. It was like uh, they galvanized the, the entire theater. Everybody uh, woke up. Everybody got connected. And, you know, and I would go see a, a, a film that had a, a, a sequence like that. I would see it two or three times at the theaters just to see that sequence. And then just to have that experience uh, uh, with an audience. Welcome to Making Tarantino, the podcast. I'm your host, Philip Duke, and I'm here with his cousin, Jeff. And on this podcast, we watch and discuss a list of movies that Quentin Tarantino recommends and see if they've influenced his work and to see what they are all about, which is the most exciting thing. Yes, exactly. Um, so we lost the great uh, Tom Sizemore. He passed away last week. Yeah. And he had some addiction problems throughout his life, which, you know, is sad, but uh, was a great actor and he will be missed. Do you have any, like your favorite role that he did? I don't think so. I think overall, I think. I, no, well, like, really. like I like him in Heat and I like him in, uh, uh, in Heat and in, of course, True Romance. Where yeah. I love this guy, you know, yeah, this guy Clarence, he's, fucking, he's a wild man. Yeah, I don't think. I think overall, he's pretty much kind of been. He, he's a he's like a supporting. Yeah, he's yeah. good. Whatever he's in, he's good at supporting the rest. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There's nothing like majorly stand out, but he's always memorable for. He's not like a throwaway character because of his support yeah. so good. He's not yeah, a throwaway, was, you know. Yeah, it was like uh, Black Hawk Down or uh, Pearl Harbor when he's like, bring them over across yeah. the thing, and then they all shot it. They had they were waiting with their guns to shoot the Japs. Mm. pretty cool the japs i just went back to 1944 discouraged like, what just happened there yeah um so uh if you want subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast after subscribing leave us a review follow us on instagram facebook and twitter not sure about facebook but mm. um we've got some good following there i like it uh so it's very cool and um i see you've I, been having fun on twitter Oh my gosh. Yes. I normally, I still don't understand it, but I understand it, but I kind of don't. Uh -huh. So like the other day I went to retweet something yesterday and then I'm like, Oh no, I want to quote that retweet. Mm -hmm. So I understand that now. And then the other day I was like, quote it. And then I was like, Oh no, I don't need to share it with that. I just need to retweet it. So I did. Mm -hmm. So it was the topol. He also passed away. Sorry. So back in the day I did it on the other podcast. I did a James Bond podcast. Yeah. Yep. Topol was in For Your Eyes Only. That was his name. And he was in, and he was badass in For Your Eyes Only, but he was also in a movie that I've never seen is Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, okay. He's the main guy in Fiddler on the Roof. And um, and you'll know him because we also did Flash Gordon. Oh, yeah. He's the guy that's like like uh, the doctor. Is he Dr. Zarkov? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Is that <clears throat> so, yeah. So then... That was, you know, and he's badass. So uh, rest in peace, uh, Topol and Tom Sizemore. Mm -hmm. You ready to get on with the show? I am very much so. I watched this and uh, there's a character that I, it, I was throwing my head against the wall. And when we get to that point in the description, when we get to that point and talk about it, 
I will tell you who I finally figured out he is. All right. You were like, is that the candy man? And then you're like, <laughs> no, that's Julius Harris. I have a whole thing on him, but okay. Let's get on with that. I'm going to play a trailer because last time I played TV spot, going to play the trailer because it works and it's okay, awesome. So sweet. here it is. 1.23 p.m. A crowded subway train starts its run from Pelham Station in the Bronx. 1.45 p.m. Four desperate, heavily armed men seize control of the train. Open the door or I'll blow your head off. Taking 17 people as hostages. Your attention, please. Now then, you'll all remain seated. Anybody who tries to rise is going to get shot. <laughs> I do hope I have made myself understood. 2.13 p.m. The city of New York is given one hour to come up with a million-dollar ransom. You're out of your skull. No all units stand by on the double. What's up, Z? The train's been hijacked. Millions have read it. Now you can live it. The taking of Pelham. One, two, three. There is no way you can get away with this. You are underground in a tunnel. At precisely 3.13, we are going to begin executing the hostages. Let's go! Nothing will happen as long as you obey my orders. New York City is held powerless in the grip of four ruthless men. From the mayor's office. Don't tell me I don't want to know. To police headquarters. I've got about 50 men inside the tunnel, all wearing vests and armed with machine and submachine guns. We could fight the Third World War down there. To the nerve center of the world's busiest subway system. My only priority is saving the lives of these passengers. Maybe an hour isn't enough time. An hour is plenty of time. We agree to pay the ransom. Repeat, we agreed to pay you the money, now turn your clock off. The money has to be counted, stacked, tied, transported uptown. It just isn't physically possible. You'd be surprised what's physically possible. Pelham 123's in motion. Let's go, we How long does it take to get all that money together anyway? Just not gonna make it. We'll never make it. The passengers are dead ducks. What the hell they expect for that lousy 35 cents to live forever? Walter Matthau, Robert Shaw. <laughs> the most spectacular hijack in history. The taking of Pelham. One, two, three. The taking of Pelham, one, two, three, 1974. I got a big plot written down here, but it's pretty good. In New York City, a criminal gang led by ruthless Mr. Blue, Robert Shaw, hijacks a subway car and threatens to start shooting one passenger per minute unless they receive a million dollars in cash from the city within an hour. On the other end of the line, crusty veteran transit policeman Zachary Garber, Walter Matthau, has his hands full dealing with the mayor's office and his hot-headed fellow cops while also trying to deliver the ransom before the deadline expires. I tried to do that all without swallowing. That last <laughs> word got me. So starring Walter Matthau as Lieutenant Zach Garber, which we always love him. Oh, yeah. Robert Shaw. They have, they have all the names here, so it's pretty good. Robert Shaw as Bernard Ryder slash Mr. Blue. So, of course, we'll get into it later, but right now, of course, Mr. Blue... Quentin, for one, this is a great movie. For yes. two, though, he's like, oh, Mr. Blue. And then he's like, I'll make the real criminal in Reservoir Dogs. I'll make Eddie Bunker Mr. Blue. Like, yeah. that'll be cool. 
Uh, Martin Balsam as Harold Longman, Mr. Green. So there's no Mr. Green in Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. Hector Elizondo as Giuseppe Benvenuto, Joe Welcome, and Mr. Gray. No Mr. Gray in Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. Earl Hinman as George Stever slash Mr. Brown. That's a little like Mr. Shit. Yeah, well, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, Dick O'Neill. So this is where Chip was busting his head open who you may know from every TV show in the seventies and eighties. Like I looked him up. I'm like, I'm like, I know that guy from somewhere. I'm like, what exactly is it? It's not one thing. It's, Oh, he was in a Sanford and son. He was in Archie bunker. He was in like love boat, everything. And that's not who I'm talking about. Oh, okay. He plays Frank Correll, Doris Roberts as Jesse. Maybe that was the one chip was the mayor, mayor Al's wife. Okay. Jerry Stiller as Lieutenant Rico Patron. Yay. And Julius Harris as Deputy Chief Inspector Daniels. Mm-hmm. So I want to spotlight this guy for a second because I really like him. So and and so I figure I'm going to share this because I was like, oh, shit, I didn't know that because I know him from a thing that you'll know here in a minute. Mm-hmm. Born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, to a dancer mother and musician father, Harris worked as a nurse and a bouncer in New York City jazz clubs. Before he began his acting career, Harris served as a medic in the United States Army during World War II. After hanging out with many struggling actors, he took a dare and auditioned for his, for his first role and was cast as a father in Nothing But a Man, a critically acclaimed 1964 film about black life in, so- in the South starring Ivan Dixon and Abby Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Some of his most prominent roles included the villainous still arm, steel-armed Teehee in James Bond film Live and Let Die. Mm-hmm. He's the one that he's throwing the meat out to the crocodiles and then Roger Morris to jump across the crocodile head. Scatter in Superfly. Bubble Top Woodson in Let's Do It Again. Captain Bolin in Shaft's Big Score. That's the second uh Shaft movie, Inspector Daniels in the Taking of Pelham One Two Three, Joseph in Islands in the Stream. It's not a Dolly Parton Kenny Rogers movie. It's something else. I know. And Ugandan President Idi Amin in the TV movie Victory at Entebbe. Hmm. He also appeared in Trouble Man, King Kong, Black Caesar, Hell Up in Harlem, Friday Foster, Shrunken Heads. Harley Davidson in the Marlboro Man, Ooh. and in guest starring roles on Sanford and Son, Good Times, and Love Boat, among others. Harris was a member of the Negro Ensemble Company in New York City and appeared on Broadway in the Pulitzer Prize winning play, No Place to Be Somebody. Sweet. That's all we have on him. What's interesting, I hope they changed that name, Negro Ensemble Company. Mm. I hope that's been changed since <laughs> back in the day. Um, so, uh, who was your guy before I get to written by? <clears throat> okay. So at a point in the movie, there are two cops driving a car to try and take money. Okay. Okay. I, I didn't focus on, but I was like, that guy looks familiar. Okay. Yes. The passenger cop before the car actually flips. I was spoiler alert. There. Yeah. And I was <laughs> sitting there bugging. I, I, it was bugging the crap out of me where it was pulling me out of the movie. And I was just like, damn it, this is pissing me off. Um, finally figured it out. Hudson Hawk. He plays the detective that tries to. That he takes the keys from? Job. Yes. That he takes the keys from and throws them in the mop yes. bucket. 
Oh, awesome. Because looking it up on IMDb, he is not in the list. Uh-huh. And then when you look him up in IMDb, when I figured it out afterwards, I finally figured out while I was making my coffee. I yeah. pull it up and he's not like it says Gates on Hudson Hawk, but no picture. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's weird because he was kind of famous. He's mm-hmm. He's been in other things, that guy. Yep. He's almost as recognizable as Frank, uh, whatever I said, that guy's exactly. name. The guy from everything in the 70s and 80s. And it was throwing me off because I'm like sitting here going, I could see him wearing like a trench coat, like coming in the door. And I couldn't, I couldn't picture people around him. And it was pissing me off. I was like, was he in? No, he wasn't in Batman. What was he in? Because the actual mayor in this movie is the mayor from Batman. Oh, is he? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. From 1989 Batman. Voice. I knew who he was like right away. And I was like, holy crap. Wow, so. he he was so sick I couldn't tell. I knew he was somebody, but I didn't put him in our things. But thank you, Chip. That's why we have mm-hmm. a show. Mm-hmm. Um, that's awesome. Now I gotta go rewatch Taking Pelham One Two Three. Yeah. Uh, Peter Stone uh, wrote the movie, and this mm-hmm. is based on the book of the same name by John Gody, G O D E Y. And after I read you later about the book you'll may you'll be like well then what's a book about like i want to read the book like fuck because there were some things that peter stone added directed by joseph Sargent. so at first the metropolitan transportation authority refused to cooperate with filmmakers godey's novel was more detailed about the hijackers would accomplish their goal and recognized that the caper's success did not rely solely on defeating the dead man feature in the motorman's cab Hmm. screenwriter stone however made a fictional override mechanism the linchpin of the script in an interview with the la times that came out april 7 1974 director Sargent explained quote we're making a movie not a handbook on subway hijacking i must (laughs) admit the seriousness of pelham never occurred to me until we got the initial ta reaction they thought it potentially a stimulant not to harden professional criminals like the ones in our movie, but to kooks. Cold <laughs> professionals can see the absurdities of the plot right off, but kooks don't reason it out. That's no. why they're kooks. Yes, we <laughs> gladly gave in about the dead man feature. Any responsible filmmaker would if he stumbled onto something that could spread into a f- new form of madness, unquote. Mm. So that was cool. And now it's also makes you go, well, how did they do the... And what's cool about the dead man feature, it's almost like Tesla has where you have to keep your hand on the wheel. You can't Mm. let the wheel go and go to sleep. You have to have something on there like, you know, but some people put their cell phone on there because it's weighted and Mm. that'll that'll uh, replicate a hand or whatever. So pretty cool. Well, and the way he made it sound, uh, Walter Matthau was like, you really have to push down hard. And so I'm going, okay, but after a while, you're going to be like, God, this is hurting my hand. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like the way he made it sound like it was a rough deal. What, what's interesting, I want to give this shout out. There's a podcast called Behind the Slate. Mm-hmm. And they did this guy. It's one guy doing the whole thing by himself, mm-hmm. doing all this research, really good research. So before he did a Charlie Chaplin one, which I haven't listened to yet. It's like a series, like it goes for a couple weeks oh, or okay. whatever. So now he's on to Melvin Van Peebles. Oh, which nice. did you know sweet sweet backs badass song yeah. 
-hmm. And it's the lead up to how he became a filmmaker and how great he was. And (laughs) it made me be like, this guy's fucking badass. Like I knew he was pretty badass. But this podcast makes you go, holy fuck, this guy is extremely badass. Like, so he did some films before he did Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song. And then that's when everybody goes, oh, shit, a movie about black people with black people made by black, whatever. Blaxploitation's born. Boom. Um, But what's cool is he was he used to run the uh, cable cars in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And you had to hold you had a switch that you had to hold the way the brakes work is it holds on to the cable to stop it. So oh, okay. you, if you took a turn, you had to like squeeze on that. So after a while, he said his, his arm was hurting after, a you know, eight hour day, whatever, like it's crazy. Damn. So I was like, Oh shit. I didn't know. Everybody check out behind the slate podcast. Very good. You ready to get to some listener opinions? Let's do it. All right. Man, I don't even have an opinion. Well, you gotta have an opinion. Give out, but don't give up on Instagram. Wrote, quote, total classic with a hand clap emoji, unquote. Grindhouse database on Instagram wrote, quote, one of my faves. All I'll say is gazuntite with a smiley face emoji, unquote. Scheme Richards on Instagram wrote, quote, all time classic, never gets old, true to era New York crime film exclamation point end quote the church in tarantino on instagram wrote this is highly underrated thriller and so much better than the shitty remake as a qt fan i feel this is a must watch it watch if for no other reason than naming scheme for reservoir dogs color-coded criminals was directly influenced and lifted from this film end quote video vista underscore w on instagram wrote quote good double bill film paired with Die Hard. I hear I said, Oh, that would be a good double bill. Like that would be yeah. cool. Uh, John Connell from Twitter wrote quote, brilliant movie, great cast, including grimy seventies, New York. So glad this came up. So I'll watch it again. End quote. And Pedro Jimenez on Twitter wrote quote, one of the greatest endings ever fantastic movie and a wonderful time capsule of New York in the seventies. End quote. So thank you everybody for uh, responding. That was uh, we got a lot. So Sweet. that was cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um. So you ready to discuss this thing? Unfortunately, I didn't write the names down. So you have to remember everybody's name. Son but, of a bitch. Yeah. Well, we know. Uh, well, we can give out the actors, I guess. Uh, oh, okay. But um, anyway, this. So I watched this with the wife. I said, mm-hmm. "Honey, I got to watch this movie." Did she you want to? She did. I go, oh, do you okay. want to, she's maybe playing a little tomb blast, but, uh, oh, okay. um, so, uh, so she's like, I go, she goes, when was this movie made? I go 1974. <laughs> she goes, uh, she goes, all right. I go, they remade it with Denzel Washington. She goes, yeah, I like that one better. I go, do you want to watch that one instead of this one? And then I'll watch this one. Cause this was Tuesday. I'm like, I'm watching early. I normally yeah. watch on Wednesday. I'm like, okay. She's like, no, it's fine. So we start watching it. I'm like, isn't this good? She's like, I like the Denzel one better. I'm like, okay. So this morning Denzel. we're in the this morning we're in the hot tub, and I said, oh, you're funny. I said, <laughs> um, I said, uh, I said, honey. So what did you think of the movie? So I can tell everybody on the show. And she's like, 
I like the other one better. This one was good, but come on, Denzel Washington. Like, come on. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. But okay, good. At least you liked it. Yeah. So yeah. Cause this was this was moving. We'll get to it, but I'm sure you loved it. I was just well, like, oh, Chip's gonna be on the edge of his seat. And that's the thing is I've only I honestly can say that I've only seen a few things with Walter Matthau. Mm-hmm. And to be able to see him in this kind of this role yeah was awesome for me like mm-hmm. when you consider the fact that yeah of course denzel whatever but you've seen denzel in so many different things where denzel right. is denzel okay but it, when you're getting to see walter Matthau, yeah yeah talk his shit even to the japanese you know like oh and just, like, yeah just be yeah come on <laughs> idiots come him. on stupids come, yeah, on, dumb come on dummies and they're like uh, thank you. We have everything we need. And he's like, oh, shit. Like, fuck, they speak English. That was awesome. I was just I was I was laughing my ass off yeah. at that. So awesome. and then the other thing that the Denzel one did was it made it um, it made it where he was in trouble, like he yeah. had gotten trouble for doing something wrong, just like Longman, like yeah. he had gotten trouble and had to got busted down to now running TSA or mm-hmm. TTA. So uh, MTA, but yeah. So yeah, this movie starts, he's sitting there. He's, you know, and this movie is so quick with the dialogue. It's almost like Howard Hawks type, like mm-hmm. real Bravo, like overlapping dialogue, yep. yelling over each other. You're, you're kind of like, wait a minute, I'm trying to follow it. But also you're like, I got it. Like yeah. he, you know, explains like, while he's trying to deal with that, the whole thing doesn't stop for everybody to focus on Walter Matthau. Yeah. Everybody's like, we got a fucking train to run. <laughs> like I got people coming from, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, well, we especially need- the pissed off New Yorker that just keeps oh, yeah. talking Frank, shit Frank. and getting so mad. Frank, Frank like, Connell. Yeah. Yeah. And then the whole thing, of, you mean they killed fatty Kaz, fat Kaz. <laughs> <laughs> like, like they said, think about women that, uh Hector Elizondo like hates blacks like you can mm-hmm. tell like him just yeah. uh Robert Shaw has no problem he's just looking at the guy like got no problem but mm-hmm. it's like holy shit and you don't quite notice it until a little bit but you're like oh wait they're all wearing glasses and hats mm-hmm. and you know it's all part of the gig Ah, oh, so cool so how does this movie start Chip tell me how it starts well and for me though in the beginning when the train conductor guy, mm-hmm. when he comes up and he sneezes, but then he goes like this to to fix his mustache, mm-hmm. I knew right then that what's going on with the yeah. mustaches. I didn't yeah. think about glasses or hats. That was that was my other thing. Now, for you watching this, mm-hmm. did you? We'll jump to the end, but we're going to walk through it. But um, did you like the 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 sneezing has got to have some. I knew that that was going to be the giveaway. I just because I I was wondering, I was like, when I saw this, I was just like, oh, man, like he's sneezing over the mic. Like, I understand. And when he's telling the guy, like, how do you know all this? Well, because I used to shut up. Don't tell him your fucking personal life. Well, the thing is, is that when you use it once, maybe twice in a movie, but when you've used it that many times of him sneezing and then the main character hearing him and saying gesundheit. Mm-hmm. it's an obvious like you've done it too much like you've, you've made it too too much of an obvious if if you were to if it was a little bit more balanced where maybe he said gesundheit once over the 
mic to him, you know, but you still saw him sneezing but, uh, in the car, you know, but it was only Mathau one time or something yeah, like that. Yeah, but also, but you have to do it enough for Mathau to catch it. Like, like there's yeah. a new, there's a new show called Poker Face. I don't know if you're watching it yet, Chip. You need to fucking watch it. It's as good okay. as Columbo. It's great. Oh, okay. Every episode is different. They're different murder things. Mm-hmm. Starts out with one and then that overarcs to the last one, the 10th nice. one. And they're going to do a second season. Way cool. But what's interesting is there are things in there that they don't do, like you said, like three times Gazoontide. Mm. So then she's like, what? What is going? Why is this? And then she'll be like, oh, wait a minute. There was that. Then she'll remember something. As opposed to, you know, it's like in uh, El Mariachi, Robert Rodriguez was like, there's a rule of three. So yeah. he did where uh, the Mariachi gets caught the first time, gets caught the second time. The third time he gets caught is when they kill the girlfriend and then he kills them and then he takes off and he becomes the mariachi becomes yeah. desperado um so if you so maybe two i agree mm-hmm. two would be enough um chip singing for us <laughs> um and the uh but so it starts out with them just you're seeing how the trains running yeah. you're seeing how and then that now they've hired women to work in the thing and he's like i gotta they're like, well, watch your language. There's a woman here. If I got to watch my fucking language for this fucking girl, like, I'll oh, quit. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, geez. And then um, and then he's like, I'll go find out what's going on. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, because they stop, they undo the other car. And then mm-hmm. that one guy goes, I didn't know these go backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and after like, because it basically it's a slow beginning because the four guys get and- into the. Yeah, and it's setting it's setting up how the train works, how the communication. Yeah, yeah, and it just basically it's just a simplistic thing of them basically being able to get in, lock the doors. Yeah, not let anybody get out while they do their hijacking. It's it's very simplistic, but it's well done. It's very well. It's yeah, it's not boring. It's moves so fucking fast, and it's not like they're completely like holding your hand through the whole thing. It just feels like it's a it's a natural thing because somebody's being trained on how to do their job. Yeah, at the same time that these guys are about to take it. Yeah, it's it's it's, yeah, it's it's all the great exposition that's done when somebody's learning something. Well, here's how this goes. Here's how, and you're like, okay, now we get it, and it was so good. So then they go to, what do they do? He's like, why did they stop? Can't figure out why they stopped. And everybody's freaking out. And there's those kids just playing. And he's like, go over there with your mom. And Hector Elizondo is fucking ruthless and mean. Yes. He's the Mr. Which Blonde is, of this group. Yeah, and I realized I'm watching him going, holy fuck. And I, it, it dawned on me the first actual thing I've ever watched him in. Mm-hmm. Pretty this- woman. Oh, Pretty Woman. Yeah, yeah. Which was great. He was yeah. perfect in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and you loved him in that. Nice. Like the, yeah, yeah. yeah, and then also you, I'm watching this going, holy crap. Yeah. This would be that moment if I would have watched this first, I would have hated him the way that you hated What's-His-Name in First Blood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that guy. I was thinking Brian, about Brian Dennehy, right? Brian Dennehy, but also the main guy that gets killed up in the helicopter. The guy that fucking started torturing him in the first place. Oh, okay. And uh, David, what's his name, is like, hey, man, I think he's having some kind of problem. He's like, shut up. And then when he falls out of the helicopter, you're like, okay, good. But now you're like, yeah. fuck, now Rambo's in trouble. 
Um, but anyway, we're not here about Rambo. We're here about a <laughs> subway car. So, so then they, he, they're trying to get a hold of him. They're not answering yet. Then Robert Shaw gets on fucking one of the best villain voices ever. Just the best voice. He's got a cool voice. And this yeah. is one year before Jaws. Wow. I was telling the wife, remember this? And she was like, I go, remember he was in Jaws. She's like, oh, the old man. I go, yeah, I'll bring him to you. 25 voter. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you a story about World War II. So then he says, meet in an hour. You got to bring the money. And if you don't, I start killing hostages. And you're just like, holy shit. And then they're like, we need more time. I can't do it, Walter Matthau. But his perfect thing of laying that out, like, I got to bring it down, bring it down the tracks. I got to stop the thing. I got to go down here. I got to go down there. We can't do it. It can't be done. And he's like, no, you have an hour. That's it. And that's what's so cool about this, too, mm-hmm. is he never gives. He's like, he gives that one time. He's like, yeah. okay, I'll give you, uh, what was it, two, five minutes, three minutes, whatever it was. Yeah, and he's like, okay. Because he said, because the guy, the other guy came in and asked him, what? Well, 10 minutes will be fine, right? Like, that's not, that's not too yeah. bad or whatever. Yeah. He's like, he's uh, like, no, you, and, and that was his thing too. You give them that much. Yep. Then they'll take two hours. If you give them three hours, they'll take three hours. So you just give them this time. And the mayor in here is so good of like, what do you mean? Do I got to do this? And he's like, look, you have a 22% approval rating. You need to go down there, but I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. And, and, um, and then he's telling like the maid to get out and he's, you know, getting the, getting the uh, mayor together. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's just, it's done. So it's amping up already. You're like, holy shit, they need a million dollars. Like, how are they going to do it? And Walter Matthew even asked, how are they going to get out? Even if they get the money, how are they going to get out? You're underground on a train. I don't know how and he's like, that's for us to decide, not you. And you're like, fuck. And, like we said, everything laid out slowly where it's like they don't mm-hmm. talk about the dead man switch when the guy's learning. Yeah. But later, yeah. when Julius Harris is like, <clears throat> he's like, well, what if they just they're not on the train? He's like, no, there's a dead man switch. You have to have somebody to hold it down. He's like, oh, OK. And then, you know, he's like, wait, let's go back to 18th Street. Shit. Well, and my thing was is the during the original call when he says you have an hour. Yeah. And then he says, and I started killing people. I'm fi- I'm expecting him to say, I'm going to kill somebody every half hour. Five minutes, hour. half hour. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not every minute. I'm like, that's yeah. 17 more minutes. That's it. Yeah, 17 yeah. people on there. That's it. Well, like, hopefully, yeah. You're hoping that they stop after the first minute and they'll be like, all right, all right. But that's where it gets tense on that one moment when he's like, the time is coming. And he's like, who go? who do we pick first? And then all of a sudden, you know, he, he's like, Matthew so, has that, that premonition, yeah. that little yeah, genius. The car, like, yeah. Oh, the well, car wrecks. He's, like, he's like, wait a minute. They don't know. Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh yeah, it's, it's there. And he's like, okay. He's like, you're lucky. But everything in this, it's like I said, it's a Howard Hawks thing. It's everybody talking over everybody. Mm. It's explaining in a quick way of how the lights work how the how they can see the trains going how they can see where the cops are here's where cops are located okay send that cop down to 18th street send that one cop down the cops going down the hallway and then that's when he sees the driver he's like tells the driver to go out there 
right? Yeah, Hector Elizondo. They send the guy to go, and then all of a sudden shoot him in the back. Hector Elizondo kills him, and that cop's there. Is that yeah, before? That was, that, that was after because they were basically kind of, I guess, proving a point because they got shot at by okay that's what yeah 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 snipers he was worried he was like i'm not fucking it's like it's okay it's Mm. fine i'm like don't fucking go out there but yeah so the the one cop is there by himself he's kind of monitoring with jerry stiller telling him back and forth and then patron uh like the tequila tequila i think um he's telling him but then the other cops show up and then he, he when he's like like pretending that he can shoot him one of the guys actually shoots and they're like, we'll never know who did it. We just don't know. And you're like, Oh shit. See, and that's what sucks about that. That's a situation where it's not like a SWAT situation where everybody's got mic'd up and everything. And they're like, hold your fire, hold your fire. Stop. What the hell? You know, kind of thing. Yeah. It just, nobody knows who shot. And it's like, until they get their guns back at the, and they, and they check who's missing around. Maybe. Yeah. Well, and still it was like that cop being like, I have clear, view right here i'm going to pretend that i'm going to shoot him and them going we have a clear shot let's take it and whoever it was idiot took it yeah and then they shoot the driver they're like go ahead he starts walking down they shoot him in the back and it's like now get everybody out of the tunnel and they're like okay and then the inspector the chief inspector's there julius harris t he from live and let die and He's communicating. So Walter Matthau's like communicating with him, then flipping over to communicate with Pelham and then also flipping over to communicate with Patron. Yeah. And then also at that one point, <laughs> he puts them all together of like, what should we do? Yeah. I think this is what's going on. That guy keeps sneezing. He keeps hearing it. It's like Gazuntite. Robert Shaw's just like on mission, just keeps, okay, here's what we need. Doesn't be like, shut up, idiot. So he goes in and tells his stuff. So then they bring, they're bringing the money. They yeah. have to bundle it in. This is the other thing, a little bit of a hole. Maybe they said bundle half of 500,000 in fifties and 500,000 in hundreds. Yeah. Now, when they get the money, they're like, just split it up, take your share. And I'm like, but you got to take one, 100, you know, 150, 100, like, if you take all the 100, 18 packs of 100, yeah. then you have more money than the other guy, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, but when they're bundling the money, it's like the guys like, could, the Hudson Hogg guys like, could you imagine if you have to lick your finger? The driver was like, you have to lick yeah. your finger every time? <laughs> okay. And they're counting all the money and it's so intense and you're like, oh, fuck, fuck. And then they get the money in the bag. They put it in the car. They're like, fucking go. They're go. <laughs> Hudson Hawk guy's like, we're not going to make it. The other guy's like, we'll make it. We'll make it. We're not going to make it. Like, there's no fucking chance. And well, and, and the speed they were going. Yeah. It, it, it was it was so stupid that like one little hiccup, one yeah. little thing of somebody yeah. trying to cross the street while there are sirens going. Yeah. And yeah. blaring. And all, yeah, I was just like, what trust, the fuck? Trust me, Chip. There's people getting wrecks all the time. I was watching one on the tiktok whatever it was was a mm-hmm. cop had his lights on was going to turn left and this big uh delivery truck slammed right into the cop car because he didn't notice because he had a green light but he didn't notice that the cop had his lights and sirens on because wow. people listen to their music and they just don't mm-hmm. they're not observant but 
so the car flips over and now you're like, oh, shit, they didn't make it. They had three minutes and they fucking, oh, shit. Well, I got scared there for a second because what they hit and when they flipped, there was all these papers that went flying. And I was like, is that the money? Oh, fuck. <laughs> like, I started freaking yeah. the fuck out. Yeah. You're and like, shit. Like, now pulled they out the take- bag and I went, oh, okay. Now they got to take 20 <laughs> minutes to gather the, yeah, <laughs> gather the money. Well, without all these people trying to pick up the money, you get a board yeah. of people going to Yeah, run, yeah, but- exactly. But so the car flips over. You're like, oh, shit. And then, like you said, Walter Matthau has that epiphany of like, oh, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know whatever and so then he's like the money's there we have it we're bringing it down guys like okay and and you're also thinking just like walter how are they going to get out i don't know how are they going to do this and i love heist films i love shit where you're like how are they going to do it like i don't Mm. get it and see and that's kind of the thing to me i'm like all these cops this is my my problem with the movie the one thing right the one thing Okay. All of these cops on every one of those stops right. that all of a sudden had to hide and not yeah. be seen. Yeah. <clears throat> if they know that this train is going from point A uh-huh. to point B, mm. right, along yeah. this trail, all those emergency exits that they checked later on, yeah, they put at least one armed cop at each one of those emergency exits for how many cops they had at each one of the yeah, I was yeah. 20 cops at each yeah. one of these things yeah. put one on each one of those emergency exits because yeah. they're obviously that's what they're going to use to get out of a tunnel yeah but if there's four of them that one cop has no but yes i was also like the guys are hiding on the other side of the thing but if you're going through and you check like you look around to see if anybody was at that stop and you see all yeah. these cops you're going to be like hey i told you clear sailing mm-hmm. what the hell are you doing See, and they came out but, of the they came out of those those yellow grates. Like they just came up those steps, like yeah. the, the well, one of them did, and opened yeah. it up and came out, right? If yeah. you have one guy just standing there and just scoping it out, yeah, all but, he has to do is call and say, Hey, they're coming out of this hole. Right. <laughs> like, well, and they were thinking of the main, I think, exits. So mm-hmm. I think they have everybody at the main stairs, and here's this emergency exit. That's why they're like, We're gonna go out this way. See, but, and that's my hole because I'm sitting here thinking, you guys are transit authority. Right. You, you should, should know, know the the ins and outs and know all of this. Yeah. Where there should be at least one cop at each one of those at the, the, the at the beginning. Chip, but then we want to have a movie and it would That's end true. with you're under arrest and not end with a gazunte. <laughs> you know. It would end with freeze, motherfucker. Yeah. Um it'd just be a shootout and you would just hear it all like in uh, reservoir dots, everything yeah. that happens out in the outside. So then they stop. And are we jumping too far ahead? They stop at the, so they, they say, give us green lights all the way. Yes. uh, They say, give us green lights all the way and make sure there are no cops on any of the. Yeah. And no red. If there's a red, I shoot somebody. It's like, okay. And cause I wonder when they were first going, there was that like hiccup. Yeah. And they asked the motorman like, Hey, what the fuck? And he's like, no. And then Longman's like, no, it happens all the time. Like it just, you'll get a spark. Like, you know, a little section. And um, so they got green lights and they're fucking going. Then they stop. And then they're like, what are they doing? They're stopping. What's going on? And they're Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. Are they getting out? I don't know. No, it's going now. Okay. The dead man switch. They can't. They couldn't have left because they there's somebody on the train. Mm -hmm. And he's like, stop up here by the yellow, by the emergency exit. And all the 
all the writers are like, what's going on? What's, you know, and even with that kid crying, saying something, he's like, shut the kid up. Like, do you want to be? Yeah, that was when he's like, I'm going to kill somebody. It's like, you want to <laughs> be next? And she's like, shut up, guys. Yeah. Then they get out. They so now they're doing something. They explain about the dead man switch. And then you see him putting together this metal piping. Yeah. And you're like, holy shit, what the hell is Which going is cool on? because I understand, like they, like you said, that they don't want to actually tell you a way to hijack and to be able to do that. So they give you a a switch idea kind of a thing that's able to be used from the outside of the vehicle. Yeah. I was thinking in my head, because we had seen the beginning where they were looking out the window and talking out the window, that they were re- going to reach in the window and pop something in there to push down on. Right. Yeah. But of course they had to come up with a fake thing that, that could not actually be made that you just push on the side of the v, uh, of the front and pull yeah, it up. Or, yeah. Whatever the dead man switch is connected to you yeah. got, but also I was thinking maybe it went up there, but no, I think it was just, yeah. Set yeah. to the wheels, but it is so fucking good. And then, so then they all get out and they're like, get, and they're all shoving their vest full of money, Hector Elizondo. And you can see that, you know, Mr. Blue and Mr. Uh, Gray, right? Is Hector mm-hmm. Elizondo gray or green? Gray. Gray, yeah. Green was, the, 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 see, the, was the other guy. guy. Yeah. You could see that they don't like each other. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, yeah. And then Mr. Brown was the other guy that was, yeah. He's got his machine gun. And he's like, he's like, put all the guns away, like switch out hats. They take off the glasses and the hats, put them in a bag, put on different hats. Mm-hmm. They're ready to go. And then he won't give up his gun. He's like, no. And it's like, no, you need to fucking give up your gun. And you don't see, but Robert Shaw has kept his machine gun because he's waiting for them all to get rid of theirs. And then he shoots Hector Elizondo going upstairs and fucking shoots him a couple times and kills him. Now, was that the other cop that's no, following he was, them? He had a pistol. It wasn't the machine gun. Oh, okay. I was thinking it was one of those machine guns. Okay, it was pistol. Because it's the same pistol that he went into the tunnel with. Right, right. That's right. Um, now, when Mr. Brown gets killed, gets shot, is that from that other cop has followed them? Yes. Because the, he's, the he's looking back and forth because they're dealing oh, with no. Gray going so, upstairs. Well, we forgot the biggest fucking thing. Yeah. So then they're like, there's a cop on board. And you're like, oh, shit, this is diehard. It's a fucking <laughs> badass. All right. And again, with the times where they're like, is this a, is this a woman? Is it a woman or a man? I didn't think yeah. to ask. And he's like, and then everybody else is like, well, if it's a woman, she got no chance. He's like, how do you know? Like, you don't yeah. know this. Like, like what the fucking- fuck? Yeah. And which is funny, so- which is funny because when we get to the point where the, where the, with the cop. Yeah. What Walter Matthau says to him. Yeah. I, I forget. But, uh, okay. but hang on, but hang on. So, so the cop, gets out and starts following them and they're like he's like i'm a cop as he runs out he's got a gun on his ankle which is smart that he wasn't a rogue cop he didn't try to kill all them for one that's not the movie that we're watching but for two that he knew enough let's say that this was realistic he knew enough that i can't pull my gun out right now and shoot somebody because they have machine guns and there's four of them Mm -hmm. so then he goes to chase them to at least i can find out where they went and then all of a sudden, because when he goes to chase them and he jumps out, Brown turns around and says, I thought, I thought I saw some, something. 
I thought I saw somebody jumping out or something like that or something falling off or something. And yeah. like, what was it? He goes, I don't know. But the cool thing was, is that they're looking and nothing is moving because when the cop jumped out, he knocked himself out. <laughs> and he was laying on the, on the, yeah. on the thing that took him a while to gain consciousness because he hurt himself. Yeah. And so, so since there was no movement, he didn't give himself away and they're looking and going, Oh, we don't see anything. And so they go back to doing what they're doing, start to, you know, take off all their stuff, yeah. take off the glasses, the mustaches, do all the things. And then he regains consciousness and starts slowly crawling towards yeah. them. And then it's a surprise when you see him standing there, mm -hmm. Mr. Brown, and all of a sudden gets shot. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, and then that he was a good, back. He, the way he reacted, his yeah. acting on that was really good. Because I was sitting there going, was he shot like right in the spine where he's just like, uh, uh, yeah, uh, like it's kind of turning. I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, ow, ow. Yeah, it was a good shot for that cop. So then they're like, oh, there's a poison pill in the building fucking fucking up the whole thing. Um, that's uh, from Die Hard. Mm -hmm. and um they start do they shoot back does mr blue shoot back and hit oh, him yeah it's, hits it's, him. okay so so when blue right after blue shoots uh, gray. gray they start yeah. taking his money both yeah. him and green start blue and green start taking his money and that's when when brown is watching the both yeah. keeps looking up and down and he gets shot in the back the moment that happens blue goes out to go confront him and he's kind of stuck underneath and he just basically yells at green meet at the at the you know at the meeting place we'll meet there yeah and so green goes out and goes out the that emergency exit and that's when this the showdown goes on between the yeah. cop and and blue yeah and then that's when also when during this walter matthews like go back to 18th street there's mm -hmm. something going on they go back to 18th street and he goes to that secret little gate that's there yeah. that, you know, and he goes down there and there's uh, Mr. Blues getting ready to kill the cop, right? Yeah. He's, he's shot the cop he's once there. and the cop turned over onto his back. Yeah. And then when he goes to go shoot him, that's when the cop turns onto his front and it's kind yeah. of covering his face. So yeah. that's when Matt says, Hey, you should drop that gun there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is fucking badass. You're just mm -hmm. like surprised by that. Like, oh, cool. Like you thought he's going to kill this person. Mm -hmm. And again, for an ending, <laughs> it's not your 1980s, 90s fucking let's kill the bad guy as big as we can. Let's kill Gene Simmons from Kiss. Let's put a grenade in his mouth and pull the yeah. pin and have his head blow up. Yeah. This is like, OK, I got you. And he's like, I'm not going back to prison. Mm -hmm. And he just puts his foot on that third rail and fucking fries himself. Yeah. And you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. Well, and, that, and that was the coolest thing was that that was Matthew's reaction too. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, and he just kind of cringes or always watching him bake himself. And yeah. I was just like, oh, my God, like this is probably one of the coolest yeah deaths of a bad guy ever yeah and it wasn't even done by anybody but himself he committed suicide yeah. like i yeah. was like it, oh, it wasn't a big john wick fight it wasn't a chase it was just i'm gonna fry myself because i don't want to go back to prison because i've done yeah. enough time and it's like shit and then what does Matthew? you said Matthew says something to the cop yeah so Matthew, when he comes over i i believe that when he he checks on him for a second and he goes you know, I'll get I'll get a medic to you, miss, because it's a guy with oh, long right. hair on a, his stomach. So he thought it was a woman in the credits. It says hippie undercover cop. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> but yeah, my wife's like, oh my gosh, like, who's this guy? I'm like, well, he's, you know, Serpico, he's an undercover cop. But then, so then they're like, he had already told earlier, mm-hmm. which was cool, that Matthau was like, it's got to be somebody that knows, an ex-motorman or somebody that knows how to run this stuff. Yeah, because he, yeah, he said, you can't just learn this stuff from Sesame Street. Yeah. <laughs> and my wife was like, yeah, I can. Um, at which we were watching some other movie and they were like, we were watching a murder show and they were like, this woman is such a great actress in the interrogation room that Meryl Streep couldn't even have done better. And me and the wife kind of go, yeah, she could. She's Meryl fucking Streep. So, so, um, so then he's like, run everybody that has been let go from the transit authority. And again, this is a cool thing of go to the first guy. Oh, is this going to be him? Oh, fuck. It's a guy in a wheelchair with one leg. And they're like, oh, okay, never mind. And they leave and they go to the next guy. Well, what was cool is how they set it up. Because when you originally, when uh, Green was talking to Bloom mm-hmm. and they were talking about how he got in trouble and yeah. why, you know, and he said that they tried to pin some stuff on me. Drug, yeah. The drugs, and, then- and they couldn't find anything on me. So, okay, right. So then when they go to this first guy, they say cocaine and you're thinking, oh, it's him. Yeah. Well, and then when they get to, and then they're like, here's another drug offender. And they go to the guy at the uh, toll booth and he's like, fuck you guys, pay me your money. You owe money to get through. Okay, thanks. No, you got to pay the money. And you're like, oh shit, this guy really hates. He's like, you guys always fucking with me. And then they go to, do they go to a third guy? I think he was. So it's the rule of three, the two. And then Mm -hmm. the third guy they go to, and there's Martin Balsam rolling around in the money. So I don't know if you know, game. Martin Balsam was in Psycho. He's the, yeah. the uh, detective that, uh, <clears throat> so Psycho's on our list of Tarantino stuff. So then they knock on the door. He's like, fuck, he grabs all the money, puts it in the stove. And then while he's, then he opens the door. He's like, hey guys, what's going on? They're talking to him. He's like, oh shit, there's a, there's a bundle of money, stack of bills by his bed he's like oh shit and he runs over there kicks it under and he's like no i've been here all day i don't know what you're talking about and walter matthew's like okay all right they're getting ready to leave the door's almost closing and it closes yeah, and then it you closes. hear a sneeze he sneezes and yeah. then it opens back up and walter matthew gives him this look says gazoon tight and that's the end of the movie and you're yeah. like fuck yes awesome See, and what irritated me a little bit was that they were out the door. They were leaving, and he started, like, basically harassing them, saying, you know, why you got to fuck with me? Why why don't you get the fuck out of here? And he he said it, like, two or three times to where it made them stay longer. If he wouldn't have done that, they would have gotten out the door, started down the hall, and then he could have seized them. They would not have known. So you don't like the ending. I get what you're saying, Chip, I guess. Um, Chip's just tearing down these movies. Um, no, I was sitting no, there getting I hear frustrated you, right. where I'm sitting there, I'm watching. Like, as I'm watching like, this, I'm like, shut, shut your mouth, up. fool. Yeah. Shut up, fool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then he's like, gives him that look, opens the door back up, gives a look, freeze frame almost, the end. And mm-hmm. you're like, fucking awesome. And then the music was really good in this. Mm-hmm. David Shore, I believe, did the music. I have the soundtrack on my phone. Because when you and I did Bullet, not Bullet, when you and I did Dirty Harry on the other one, I downloaded mm. that soundtrack and then it was like, you might like taking a Pelham 123. And so I have that one. Oh, sweet. 
but uh anyway and then that was the end of the movie yeah yeah here a couple things uh for one something that i don't have written down i'll tell you first so they filmed in like an abandoned area finally tsa was like okay you can we'll give you that you can use our stuff they let him use like an abandoned tunnel and um what they did robert shaw and that robert shaw was like it was fucking filthy out there like you would step out and it stunk in there and it was like Mm. if you stepped on the dirt it would like this billow of like almost working in a mine he was like you're worried about like you could breathe something and i think walter matha was like you might breathe some shit that there's animals down there that you don't even know there's Mm. create like you're like holy shit but yeah, Robert Shaw was like, oh, it stunk. It was gross, you know, when we had to get outside of that thing. But uh, Sergeant said, quote, the director, uh, it's important that we that we don't be too plausible. We're counting on the film's style and charm and comedy to say subliminally, at least, don't take us too seriously. The credits have a disclaimer that the transit authority did not give advice or information for use in the film. After eight weeks of negotiations and through the influence of Mayor John Lindsay, the MTA relented, but required that the producers take out $20 million in insurance policies, including a special kook coverage Mm. uh, in case the movie inspired a real life hijacking. This was in addition to a $250,000 fee for use of the track station, the track station, subway cars and TA personnel. Wow. The TA also insisted that no graffiti appear in the film. Quote, New Yorkers are going to hoot. This is from Sergeant. <laughs> New Yorkers are going to hoot when they see our spotless subway cars, Sergeant said. But the <laughs> TA was adamant on that score. They said to show graffiti would be to glorify it. We argued that it was artistically expressive, but we got nowhere. They said the graffiti fad would be dead by the time the movie got out. I really doubt that. Mayor Lindsay had first announced his intention to remove graffiti from subway trains in 1972, but the last graffiti covered car was not removed from service until 1989, which coincides with the fictional mayor in this that was in Batman in 1989. Mm -hmm. Um, Other changes included beefing up Matthau's role. So in the novel, Garber is the equivalent of Patron. So they're just like carrying the story along. Um, but when Matthau showed interest in the role, they beefed it up. Also in the novel, this part's cool. Inspector Daniels confronts Mr. Blue in the tunnel during the climax. Additionally, this part's really cool. Screenwriter Peter Stone gave the hijackers their color code names with hats whose colors match their code names and the Longman character, his telltale cold. Hmm. So now, like, how does the movie end? If there's no gazoontite. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. And the colors, like, what are their names then? Are they just regular names? Like, it's really Mm. cool. So uh, in this movie, Chip, did you see anything other than the obvious names that Tarantino might have liked or used in the film? I mean, I could see, like anybody, loving this film. That's why I think we got so many comments was like, fucking banger of a movie. Yes, go for it. You know. Well, I kind of saw... um... Well, basically, you didn't just see the colors. You actually saw that blue and green were basically, you know, like Kaitel. Yeah, like like he got with blue to be like, you're my, you know, I trust you 
Yeah. And then blue had to get other people and blue might've been like, I trust Mr. Brown, but Mr. Gray, Mr. Gray. Yeah. yeah. And was gray like, to me was Mr. Bond. So yeah. Yeah. Mr. Gray was like, oh, I guess I'll, or Mr. He might be Mr. Orange. Cause he's so, I don't know this guy. I don't really trust him, but I need somebody, you know, I should have got my fucking head examined. God damn it. Going <laughs> forward with a job when I don't even know. Um, but yeah, that the, the loose cannon of mm. a criminal, but yeah, just such a great, like, I love these movies in 74 that came out. They're so gritty that I just love, like they're, uh, it's one of my favorite years. Um, but our star rating system here is one to five, five being the best. It's your turn to go first, Chip. What do you give Four. this movie? Four? Oh, yeah. The fuck? I'm going to fucking come down to Colorado, go up to Colorado and beat <laughs> senseless because no, it's a five, dude. It's a five Four because of that. They did. They had too many cops. They had 20,000 cops on the force of New York City. Um, a four because uh, Gazuntai too many times, sneezing too many times. I give it a five because you have the little things, but this is just it, it moved so quickly. Just the over uh, speaking dialogue, like everything, like, but uh, a four because you had some loopholes in there that you didn't mm -hmm. much care for. Yep. I guess I'll take it. I guess I have to. You have your right to your opinion. It's wrong, <laughs> but you have your right to it. What? Um, so reviews, this film has a hundred percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes out of 43 reviews. So Rotten Tomatoes critical consensus reads, quote, breezy, thrilling, and quite funny. The Taking of Pelham 123 sees Walter Matthau and Robert Shaw pitted against each other in effortlessly high form, unquote. Would you, you like the movie enough? So I'm thinking, uh, you'd rent it. Yeah, it's good rental. Uh, find it for free or would you buy it? I'd buy it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. But yeah, fours are always uh, pretty high. So, um, so to give people, yeah, uh, I'd, I'd buy it. I'd buy it too. Yeah. To give people an understanding that are listening for me, there sometimes when I have to hit a five, it has to really be on an emotional level for some reason with me. It has to hit me in a certain way. So with this, it's a four. That to me is really good. That's that's right. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Um, Walter Matthau's performance, though, was mm -hmm. like you said. Like I was thinking that too, watching it was like he's different than I've seen him. I've seen him in other movies, but usually he's in comedies with Jack Lemmon, mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, I've seen that. Or he's then in the '70s, he started doing like Charlie Varick and like this and like some cool movies. Um, and then you see him being like normal, you know, or you see, what was that, was that IQ he was in, right? With uh, Tim Robbins and Meg Ryan. Yeah, he played, oh, yeah, yeah. He played uh, Einstein. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a quick fucking watch. Fucking great. Mm -hmm. um, you have anything to say before we go on to my movie, my favorite movie of the week? Nope, week? I do not. I think we've said it all. All right. This week, my favorite film that I watched, I've watched three. And uh, probably my favorite, I wanted to share this one, Amphibian Man from 1962. The plot, people living in a seaside town are frightened by reports about an unknown creature in the ocean. Nobody knows what it is. 
but it's really the son of Dr. Salvatore. The doctor performed surgery on his son, and now young Ictiander can live underwater. This gives him certain advantages, but creates a lot of problems. Hmm. So this movie, so this was on video archives. They did it. Uh, Quentin and Roger had watched uh, Choir Boys. They watched Tennessee, and they watched Amphibian Man from 1962. It's a Russian film, and it's done in a cool way of like a sci-fi, like a cool sci-fi in the 60s, late 50s, early 60s, the 62. Okay. And it's this guy who, if you've seen the Twitter, my Twitter thing was like, he's swimming with like, he's got goggles on and a hat, but he can breathe underwater. He mm -hmm. saves this girl. Then he's trying to be like, hey, are you okay? And she's like, ah, there's the sea devil. And then they're <laughs> like, okay. And then they're all trying to get it. And there was a cool part where the the main bad guy and this girl's father are way they find a cave and they're like, we think he lives there. So they're waiting with a net. And there's a, a part where you're not even expecting that. And he's like, well, I'm going to go on out. And he goes to go out and they see him and they throw the net down and he gets caught in it. And you're like, oh, shit, like he's fucking going to uh -oh. die. Pulls out a knife, cuts it open. The guy's like, I told you we need a thicker rope. He's like, shut up. And the guy gets away. And it's really cool. It's like a love story. So it's like Shape of Water, but maybe even better. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Roger, uh, Roger Avery seemed to say that he didn't like, you know, he kind of made fun of Shape of Water. He's like way better than Shape of Water. Yeah. I like Shape of Water. It was really good. But this is, it, it's emotional. It's like sad because they're in love, him and this girl. Mm -hmm. And at the end, it's just like kind of like like Quentin had a thing of like, I remember the guy dying, but that's how impactful it was where they can't be together. And oh, that's yeah. why he felt like the guy died. Like it was yeah. really good, hmm. but cool. it's on Tubi. Check it out. Way cool. You ready to tell them what's coming up next? Favorite oh, yeah. part of my show. Hopefully I haven't seen this one. Hopefully. So I've seen to let everybody know, I was a little disappointed with taking a bell in one, two, three when it got mm. chosen because I had already seen it, yeah. but I was happy because chip hadn't seen it. Mm. And before that, when we did, what did we do before that? It was another one that I had seen. Oh, the killers. Yeah. So, um, so really cool. Let me bring this up. Uh, come back next week, March 17th for. The Mighty Peking Man. I've seen this, but I'm excited to have Chip watch it. The Mighty Peking Man from 1977. And, oh, it is so, oh, so cool. Uh, let me find out where you can see it. I, I think I had told Chip, we were doing the other podcast. And this was on my list of movies, like uh, a movie that I saw because I have the uh, Shaw Brothers volume one and i have volume two but volume one it was on there and i was like oh man mm. uh you got it chip you're gonna tell me so. uh, let's see uh king kong goes hong kong as a giant himalayan beast tries to save a sexy russia tarzanette from a sleazy showbiz promoter the action location set in india 
and interracial romance made Variety reach this verdict. High camp, Chinese style. Yep, it's very fun. I hope you're in the mood for it. Uh, <laughs> action, here's what I have. Uh, 90 minutes, action, excitement, spectacle beyond your wildest dreams. Word of a monster ape, 10 stories tall, living in the Himalayas, reaches fortune hunters in Hong Kong. They travel to India to capture it. But wild animals and quicksand dissuade all but Johnny, an adventurer with a broken heart. He finds the monster and discovers it's been raising a scantily clad woman. Samantha, since she survived a plane crash years before that killed her parents. In the idyllic jungle, Johnny and Samantha fall in love. Then Johnny asks her to convince Utam to go to Hong Kong. Lutang, an unscrupulous promoter, takes over. Utam is in chains for freak show exhibition. When Lutan assaults Samantha, Utam's protective instincts take over. Havoc in Hong Kong. Pom pom pom. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's really cool, Chip. Um, I mean, I like it. I don't know. You may just be like, but but you're in that mood. When we go into these Quentin Tarantino movie, movies, you know that okay, they're gonna be a little odd. The Mysterians, uh, yeah. Bucktown. Yeah. Bucktown wasn't odd, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. So um, I guess that's all. Unless you have anything to say, I will wrap up the show. No, I am good. I think we had a lot of fun with this one, and I hope the next one's just uh, just as fun. I think it will be. It's another banger. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Where can they find Peking, Mighty Peking Man? Whoops, as I dropped shit. No, I did not. Well, it's available on Arrow for a subscription. You could probably oh. do a, for you to get it for free, you might do an Arrow, like a free week or two, you know, subscribe, and then you can mm-hmm. watch it for free and then cancel it immediately. Um, or you could rent it on Amazon for $1.99. YouTube or Apple. So Apple's $3.99 to rent. That's an HD Mm. or YouTube or Amazon. It might be, there might be a YouTube movie out there. Like you can maybe watch on YouTube. I'll have to check. But anyway, everybody, that's where it is. Or you could buy it. uh, Wow. You could buy it on Amazon for (laughs) $3.99. So pay two more dollars and buy it. Or uh, you could buy it on Apple TV for $4.99. There you go, Chip. Buy it. So here's a trailer, if I can find one, a good one that's not all visuals. It's something for the radio, uh, for it, for uh, what's this called? A podcast. Yeah, that's it. Um, and here it is. Dare to enter the world of Goliathon. Action, excitement, spectacle beyond your wildest dreams. Goliathon is coming. Rated PG from World Northall Corporation. So everyone, that'll be an exciting one. So thank you for joining us. We hope you had fun and maybe learned something about a movie that may have had a part in making Tarantino. Goodbye. Bye-bye.